Thanks for listening. Join us now for Perry and Shauna Replay from 89.3 Moody Radio. If you're a parent, we've got some amazing wisdom for you today from Dr. Danny Huerta. He oversees Focus on the Family's initiatives that equip moms and dads with biblical principles and counsel for raising healthy, resilient kids. He's a bilingual, licensed clinical social worker, and he's just got a lot of wisdom for us parents in areas like communication, conflict resolution, spiritual growth, discipline, stress, anxiety, depression, media discernment, and healthy sexuality. And Danny's with us today to talk about a new resource for parents from Focus on the Family. My kids' ages. Is this a new resource that Focus on the Family is making available? And tell us about it. Yeah, it is. Super, super excited about this resource. What we're doing is uh, we've created content that we can send to parents at the age of their child. And so what that means is a person can come to Focus on the Family, then go to mykidsages.com, create an account and give us the name and the birthday of each of their children. And then we'll send you content. It's 10 pages of of rich, rich content sent to you in your inbox for each of the kids that you've put into that account. And then you get weekly e-newsletters, and that's with content for each stage of your children's development. And then uh, you also get the, the most frequently asked question that parents are asking. And from there, you get to go dive into our article library, the pages full, full of videos and content is specific to each stage of your children's development. The important part that parents have said they absolutely love about this is that we're sending them content. They don't have to go out and look for yeah. it, but they can continue to look for stuff once they're in there. Tell us the different stages that we're going to get information about. The first one is that infant toddler stage where you're just you're adjusting to a brand new child, this new human being that's coming into your home. You're getting to learn who this child is. So that's the infant toddler stage. Then you have the preschool, elementary school age, and that, that's the four to eight-year range. And then you've got the, uh, the nine to 12-year-olds, which are the tweens, the preteens, and then you've got the teenagers, 13 to 17. And then uh, after that, you've got the parenting adult children stage. Got it. So the preteen-tween stage, this can be really hard. This is like middle school. And I know for, for my brother, I have a brother, I have... I have three brothers. One of my brothers, when he was in grade school, he just, he loved grade school. He had lots of fun. He had lots of friends. And then when he hit middle school, it was like, especially like seventh grade was good. But when he went into eighth grade, it was like a switch flipped and it just became really hard and really dark. It seemed like his friends slipped away from him and his, his teachers who once thought he was great, you know, were negative towards him. And that may have been his perception, but this is just a really hard stage, I think. It is. For many people, that's a stage they say they want to forget. Mm. Uh, Kids can get really, really mean as they're trying to navigate the different social structures that they're coming into in middle school and insecurities are floating out and kids haven't really by that time have not learned how to handle insecurity. And so they try it the way they they know how to and whatever works in the moment. And many times it's by being mean to somebody and looking better themselves Mm. that begins to work. And so then they lean more into that because it's working for their own insecurity. But other kids don't understand that. What they're doing is they're thinking, man, it's all about me. There's something wrong with me. 
when it's really about kids learning how to navigate these yeah, overwhelming insecurities that kids, every single child brings into middle school. And then it's trying to, to be top dog in the, in the hierarchy uh, just to survive. Because one thing to understand is that socially, when kids turn 11, 12, 13, the social acceptance, that sense of belonging, it's, it's survival for a child. If they don't belong, if they don't feel like they fit in, they feel like they're not going to survive. And they've seen that with brain mm. science that uh, literally kids perceive that if I'm not accepted, I may not survive. So it can create a lot of anxiety and depression for mm. kids. What can you say to a parent whose middle schooler is going through that right now? Yeah, lean in, uh, be available, be accessible. If, if there are behaviors that are popping, don't get stuck on the behaviors. Go a little deeper with your with your child, especially like what you described with your brother. If it's unusual, just say, hey, I, I, I haven't seen this before. Tell me really what's going on. Uh, what's uh, what's causing frustration? What are you afraid of? What What's hurt you? Who's hurt you? Go deeper with your questions without uh, relying on them to go deeper. And sometimes they'll push you away because they don't want to look weak or they don't want to seem like they need help. They want to do it on their own. They want to be strong. They, they don't want like mom and dad to fix things. Yet what you can say is, I don't want to fix this. I want to go through this season with you mm, and battle this moment with you because I know you can do it. I just want to be available. And so you you may need to be very patient and carve out extra time as a parent with with middle schoolers so that uh, you can help give the tools necessary to your kids as they travel through that season. As a mom, my kids have, or they're all grown and they live all over the world and they're doing their thing. So I heard, I just recently heard, and I like this, I'm adopting it for myself. I'm not an empty nester. I'm a bird launcher. So I'm going to own that. <laughs> I'm a bird like launcher. But my kids have been honest with me in telling me that like they consider it an epic fail as far as the sex talk, right? And the age appropriate and what mm. to talk about at what level and that sort of thing. We laugh about it and they're, they're doing fine. They're well-adjusted adults. But the world of navigating those kinds of conversations today are just so different than even when I was raising littles because the conversations of gender come up. Is, is mm-hmm. there wisdom and is there direction and is there insight in this ages and stages to know how to navigate that as a parent? Yes. In fact, we've looked at five core buckets uh, that parents need have really told us, hey, we need help with these five areas. And the first one is uh, spiritual growth. How, how do I spiritual growth my kids at each stage and then mental health is another one then sexuality technology and entertainment and then you have everyday parenting right sibling conflicts chores all the responsibilities so if you sign up for that annual content to be sent to you as a parent one of the sections we we hit sexuality twice one is on the what to expect sexually for each each child physically sexually what's what's happening in my child and then in the what to build it gives you practical tools, practical things to do from zero all the way to 18. And the intentionality of that is to give you actual tools, not just philosophies, but tools to have that conversation, that intentional conversation along the way. And starting off at three, four, five years old, not starting at nine, 10, 11. Right. By then, uh, there are the other influences that have snuck in there. And begin with that 
male-female difference, the beauty of God's design, what God's design really is. And don't be afraid to talk about the word sex in your home. That is a very important word to talk to your kids about, because really the word means bringing the differences together. And if that's what the word means, then the culture's got it wrong if they're emphasizing the other, like you were saying, the gender identity messaging and, and all that really poses what God's design was originally. And so you get to be the teacher that is a parent and, and really give them the truth along the way and have them ask you questions so you can be the expert that they uh, reach out to. So teenage years, it's when the sexual desires come alive. And, you know, that happened obviously for me and my parents never talked to me about it. And I made so many wrong choices with the beauty of sexual desires. And I never heard an adult, even a youth leader say, Hey, I struggle with this. This is something mm -hmm. for me that's hard. And so I had no idea absolutely no idea how to navigate it. Yeah, the, the teen years, actually the, the sexuality many times for kids wakes up before that time. They begin to experience attraction at seven, eight, nine years old. And hmm. that's when yeah. it all begins, right? They begin to feel this, these tinglies, these different things. And for a parent to lean into that, that's so important to be able to explain what attraction even means, the design of that. I still remember Perry when uh, I was walking down the mall with my with my son. He was eight years old, and we were coming up on the Victoria's Secret area, and then there was on the other side uh, a jewelry store. And as we were walking, I said, "Hey, son, look to your right. I just I want to point your attention that way as we're as we're walking up here." And I wanted to see how you would follow that at eight years old. It was kind of a little experiment. And mm -hmm. as we were walking, I could see him peeking over <laughs> uh, to his left where he could see the Victoria's Secret pictures that were, you know, plastered on there. And, and then I could see him just kind of, his eyes got a little wide open and he just kept walking. And uh, as we passed a little further down, I said, hey, so what did you feel when you looked over? And uh, he said, what, what do you mean, dad? And I said, well, I, I know you, I know you lo looked over, I saw that. And just what, what did you feel inside? He said, well, I felt tinglies. I said, man, that's attraction. You got to experience what attraction means. Now, here's the thing, though. There was something there that was creating you to become a consumer of women, a consumer rather than a contributor into their lives. There was something there that was being sold to you rather than something teaching you how to handle this attraction. They were using the attraction to get you to want something. And that's not God's design. So we began our conversation on the difference between a contributor and a consumer mm -hmm. and how when he, he, he goes into dating, I want him to enter in as a contributor rather than a consumer because it changes your complete mindset. And so for a teenager that hasn't received that, or if you haven't talked to your teenager about sexuality, hey, today's the day to start yeah. and to begin to discover God's beautiful design where you get to experience a love and the fullness. It's not perfect. There are a lot of Christian kids that come in and young adults that come into my counseling practice and will say, hey, I waited and I did everything right. And now I'm having sexual problems with my spouse early on as we're adjusting. It wasn't worth the wait. I'm so frustrated. I'm so angry. I did what was right. And, and they said it was going to be wonderful and all this. And, and it's not. And so it's really setting up the, the, the fact that this is, is still not a consumer thing. You, you wait in order to give a gift 
and it's one way of showing love to another and connecting at a deep level. And that's where you begin. What is it? Yeah. What are other ways we become contributors to other people? And that begins to put sexuality in the right spot instead of the addictive consumer mindset that there's something here that I have to go and get in order to feel better about life. The final stage is raising adult kids, 19 and up. Mm. And my parents did a lot of things right. And one of the massive things they did right was model how to pursue Jesus. And they made me want what they had because it was a living, vibrant relationship. And they got me and my sister and brothers into God's presence to really experience God's presence. They got us into places and spaces where we experienced God's presence. When I got into college and I went to a secular college and I began to hear, you know, the philosophies of the world, I just immediately knew they weren't true. And I knew that the relationship with Christ was the center of my life. And because that was there, I could discern truth from error. So the foundation they gave me helped me to live into a robust life of following Jesus as a young adult and into the rest of my life. And, and then that caused me and my parents to be best of friends. The example of having a vibrant relationship with Christ is so key between husband and wife. It gets so hard. Uh, we did an insight study with uh, families and around each of the stages and what was stressful for them in their marriage and in their parenting. And the top stressor for the marriage was stress at each stage of development. At least it was in the top three. Two of them had a very top thing, and the other ones were busy schedules and communication problems. All three really get rid of good intentions, right? They're intention killers uh, in that you have a good intention to have this robust relationship with Christ and to to show it full throttle for your kids and with each other. But when stress comes in, you go a whole different direction sometimes in those moments. And if you already have communication issues, you haven't resolved, and then you have a busy schedule, squeezes out that intentionality around the spiritual growth that is so helpful for the adult years uh, with your kids. And what I'm seeing with adult kids, is they, they learn that uh, God is about kind of this vending machine type of relationship. Mm. As I face trials and difficulties, if I pray and I read my scripture, he's supposed to do things for me to make things much better and clear things for me. And that's not how it works. Mm. And so some of them are leaving their faith that they have taken into adulthood because of this mentality. And as parents, make sure you show how to handle adversity just as much as victories with, uh, with your heavenly father. So many times we'll say, hey, man, God has blessed us with this. God has given us all this. In trials and difficulties, lean in and talk about that. Even with, with conflict in the home, talk about here's what, here's what healthy conflict looks like. Here's the conflict we've been having. Don't avoid conflict in front of your kids. Show them healthy conflict with a biblical perspective at the core where you're actually showing love in the midst of that, that conflict. And if you're facing difficult times together as a couple, be open about those with your kids. Don't shelter them from that and talk about how you're leaning into that trust and that relationship with God and that you're trusting, even if he doesn't fix things, much like what Daniel 
Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego talked about. He said, hey, if, if God doesn't remove all this from us, we still believe in him in a steadfast way. And, and we love him and we know he loves us. That's an example our adult children need to know. Because when they face the difficulties, they'll say, hey, I watched my parents lean into difficulties. I can do this. Yeah. And uh, they don't run away from it. I remember we would gather up and we would read the word and share life and pray for each other when my kids were teenagers. And my prayer request one night was, you know, I'm really going through depression. Would you pray for me? And it got real quiet. Mm -hmm. I could sense my kids were uncomfortable with that, but I'm glad I shared that. And they did pray for me. And I was open about my struggles. Yeah. And, and do that. I mean, I love that you, that you did that Perry. Not every parent is willing to be that vulnerable with their kids and to show that amount of weakness and struggle. Yet our kids need to hear that and see the, the humanness. Now it comes to a, to a limit, right? If, if you're really struggling and needing some help, get that first so you're not pouring out in your kids and relying on them to kind of be your counselors and you're throwing up on them. And some parents, have, I've seen that happen. And that's not what we're saying here. What you're saying, Perry, is letting them know, hey, I'm in this. Please pray for me. And I know you guys love the Jesus I love. And uh, I just want you guys to know I'm going through this. And you're finding your support system. And in that, also inviting your kids to be uh, in that with you by through prayer. And that's, that's fantastic. You had mentioned at the very beginning of this conversation together, there was an opportunity to kind of find out what the main questions were that were surfacing at the different stages, what parents are asking, what their big inquisition is, and what they really need to know about the different stages. Would you mind pointing out one or two of the stages and, and what parents are really needing to know at that phase of parenting? Yeah, let me tell you, this is exciting. I loved digging into this. And for parents of zero to three-year-olds, it was teaching children biblical values, just having that foundation biblically and finding time and energy to do that. Second one was just establishing routines with this mm -hmm. child and getting to know their sleep habits, their eating habits. And the third one was just busy schedules for parents, period. Their career's still going, making family time a priority. And then if you go to the four to seven-year-olds, these are the preschool, elementary. It was, again, making time for spiritual growth as a family. Then you bring in child's disobedience, a child's poor attitude. And then uh, when you look at uh, the preteens, the tweens, it was, again, making time for spiritual growth. So you can see a theme yeah. there, just making that time. Chores hops in as number two. And then a child's poor attitude. They're whining. And that's what we're seeing. They're trying to navigate the social world in the home. And most, most of the time, parents take it personally, but it's really about the new environment that they're trying to navigate. And then with teens, making time for spiritual growth, teaching them biblical values. But then screen time came into number two. And then the effect of society. But that just gives you a, a feel for what each stage brings. And with that, there are also unique pressures on the marriage as parents are trying to navigate these extra pressures from each of their kids. And it's not just one usually. We'll have two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight kids, and they're at different stages, different challenges. And so it can be a challenge for parents, yet we're wanting to come alongside parents at every single stage and give you exactly what to expect, 
what to build in a practical way, and then how to grow not only as a parent, but also in the culture of your family, and then in your child, what intentional building blocks for that particular age you need to build. And so I hope everyone signs up, at least checks it out, gives it a chance. And uh, we want to send you everything we can to help you be successful at leading your children to thriving faith in Christ. Thanks for listening to Perry and Shauna Replay. To learn more, text us at 800-968-8930. That's 800-968-8930.